0: Hello, friend, and welcome to your three-part mini workshop, how to clear what's blocking you from success with your health, weight, and hunger. If you're listening to this, you're probably already aware that sugar is bad for you or that gluten causes skin conditions and weight gain or that you need to exercise to stay healthy. You may also feel pretty convinced of the healing power of organic, pure, whole foods, or perhaps you have a healing protocol that your doctors recommended for a health issue that you know would help if only you could actually stay on the program. Or maybe you feel utterly discouraged because every time you give yourself a food rule, you end up breaking it or maybe sabotaging your success by succumbing to the cookies or the donuts at the office. Or you find yourself driving through your favorite drive-thru when the stress from your day becomes overwhelming. Or maybe you've bought several workout videos or online memberships to kick yourself into gear and start working out. And maybe you do it for a few weeks, but you can't seem to make it happen consistently. And maybe you're really hard on yourself because after all, you have all this knowledge, but you just can't put it into practice. So why does it feel so hard to do what we actually know to do for our health? My name is Anna Hines and I'm a health coach, an EFT practitioner and a yoga instructor. And the reason I feel so passionate about this work is because I kind of have the rare story of someone who grew up in a healthy home. My education in nutrition was pretty advanced from early on because my parents were really cutting edge in their approach to health. So I grew up doing organic gardening and we drank raw goat's milk and we harvested raw honey from our bees and we did cleanses and we knew about food combining and we did aerobics class as a family. So lots of really good stuff. But what made it almost worse for me is that I knew what to do But I found myself struggling in my teens, especially in early 20s, with things like chronic acne and extra weight gain and digestive issues that would not heal no matter how many probiotics I took. And I dealt with an eating disorder that I really didn't have the foggiest idea how to heal. So you've probably heard the definition of holistic health is health in your mind and body and spirit. And for me, that physical piece of the puzzle was there. And the spiritual piece was there because that was something my parents were really gifted in. But I still really struggled with this other component that I couldn't figure out what it was. And then you fast forward to when I was working at an, um, as an intern at a functional medicine clinic. And all the clients I was working with would come in and they'd sit across from me. And I pretty much knew what they were going to say because it was a pretty common occurrence. They would say, Anna, I know what to do. I have the food list, the doc gave me the list of supplements and the protocol, I have the gym membership, and they would say uh, either one of these two things, either it's just not working for me, or I know what to do, but I keep sabotaging myself, I can't seem to pull it off. And I would just see that absolute despair in these clients. And because I personally felt their pain, I was going through some of the same things. It really lit this fire in me to crack this code of whatever is blocking the ability to do what we all knew we needed to do for our health. So now I've been coaching for over five years, helping hundreds of clients to clear the blockages, keeping them from being successful with what they know to do for their health successful with losing weight or actually enjoying exercise instead of dreading it. So let's dive in. I love this work and I'm so excited to share with you what I've learned. So I want you to imagine as if your being, your, your whole body and your mind and your spirit is like a geode. And you probably know that a geode is a rock formation that outside it looks like a normal rock. But when you cut it down the center and you open it up, you see all of these layers. And usually the layer, at the it, the deepest layer, is the most beautiful, full of just these crystals that really catch the light. And so I like to say that your being is like that geode. We're not just a body and we're not just a spirit. We have all these layers inside of us. And the more we understand those layers the more we can heal holistically and completely so well, let's go with through them one by one so the outer layer is the layer of the body and so you can just imagine this with me the outer layer being like the the the, the normal rock the outside of it and most people start their journey to health by starting here they work with their foods maybe and their exercise maybe some supplements and or medications so physical things is this outer layer of the body. So the next layer in is the layer of the conscious mind. So imagine a circle as if you drew a circle on the inside of that body layer. And the conscious mind is your decision-making part of your mind. It's logical and it's rational and it's analytical and it can be reasoned with, right? And so the conscious mind is the thoughts and the images and the, the ideas that you're aware of. And this is the part of your brain that understands things like calories and the number on the scale and the number on the measuring tape, if you measure yourself. But this is where it gets really interesting. Let's say that you've decided that you're going to go on a diet or you're going to work out consistently and you are absolutely convinced that this is what you need and this is what you want to do. And so you head down that path and you get your book or you get your, um, you know, online membership or whatever it is, and, and you feel really positive about it, maybe for a few days or a few weeks. But then something gets in your way, like, just kind of out of the blue you you either just find yourself like raiding the fridge or the pantry or you find yourself just making excuses and not going to the gym or not going to your yoga class or whatever it is and you find yourself totally being thrown off your path so what just happened you know we think of our conscious mind as running the show but there's a deeper layer And so let's go back to that geode analogy. The layer underneath the conscious mind is what I call the subconscious mind. Now the conscious mind, that thinking part of your brain that said, I'm going to go on the diet or I'm going to do this, is only about 5% of your mind. The subconscious mind, however, is like the iceberg underneath the surface of the water. It's the other 95% of your mind. And so if you think about it, just in your mind's eye, imagine like those pictures you might have seen with the iceberg and you see the 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 iceberg that's above the surface of the water, that's like the conscious mind, the thinking mind that's like, I'm gonna go on this diet or I'm gonna commit to you know 30 days of going to the gym consistently or whatever it is. But underneath it is the subconscious mind that's like the iceberg underneath the surface. 95% is the subconscious mind. It's this part of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. And so the relevant part of this for our own life is that without an awareness of this part of our brain, health is limited at best. Because the subconscious mind is large and in charge of emotions and feelings memories and experiences and what I call self-beliefs. Now, these are not belief systems per se. This is just what we believe about ourselves, what's really true about ourselves at a deeper level. Now science is just now really validating how much these emotions and thoughts and beliefs play into our health and the massive effects of things like stress, you know, that stress alone, you know, has on your body. And if you want more like of the hardcore brain science about this, um, I'd recommend checking out Dr. Joe Dispenza or Dr. Caroline Leaf or Dr. Bruce Lipton because they'll explain in more detail how much... Our thoughts and emotions play into our physical health. But let's say you've experienced this for yourself. Maybe when life was more stressful, maybe certain health issues started showing up, or there's a time in your life where you felt unsafe and you started noticing that you were gaining more weight. This is how the body manifests emotions. So why does this happen? One of the things that's important to know is that the subconscious mind doesn't speak the language that the conscious mind does. So the conscious mind thinks in terms of words and ideas, and, and it's, it's got logic and reasoning. But the subconscious mind does not speak that same language. It only speaks the language of emotions, feelings, sensations, and energy. It also speaks the language of pictures images in your mind that you play over and over and over again. So here's an example of how that might play out in your life. Let's say you have a big event such as a wedding coming up and you really want to lose weight. Maybe you're like a bridesmaid in the wedding or, you know, an important person in this event. So the subconscious mind doesn't understand that you want to look good or you want to fit into a certain size dress for this event. But what it does understand Is that maybe you're feeling stressed when you look in the mirror with this critical thinking, or you have this negative self talk, or you have a picture in your mind of yourself being overweight or not looking the way you want to? So you can imagine that your subconscious mind is simply taking the picture and the feeling as information of what it should create. It doesn't understand what you're really wanting. It is taking that information and it's processing it. Now your conscious mind processes information at about 40 bits of information per second. So I'm back to the conscious layer of the mind, the iceberg above the surface, 40 bits of information per second. Now your subconscious mind processes at over 40 million bits of information per second. So it's a million times faster. it's layering down to emotions and experiences and self-beliefs at lightning speed. This is why sometimes we feel so sabotaged whenever our conscious mind like, is like, let's go this direction, and the subconscious mind's like, nope. And one really important thing to remember is that it's not your fault. We're so hard on ourselves sometimes. But there are legitimate reasons why our brains get programmed towards certain behaviors, when it's not that we don't have enough willpower, it's that there is programming, almost like a computer, to think, feel, and believe in ways that we don't want. So let's talk about how that happens. So from the time that you're conceived, not born, but conceived, until the time that you're about five or six years old, your brain's like a sponge, simply absorbing the world around you. So we're picking up on emotions of our caretakers. We're absorbing their beliefs about their bodies and about health and about life. And we're just, we're just taking them in. We're just absorbing them without question. So if you grew up in an environment where there was an emphasis, you know, overall on taking care of your body or an emphasis on positive emotions or health was seen as important, or you were seen as important, then likely those ideas were programmed like a computer into your subconscious mind. On the other hand, if you grew up in a negative environment where there were stigmas around health or you observed maybe your your caretakers or your mother you know obsessing about her weight or being um you know just just fears around health or you absorbed emotions of stress or or anger those emotions literally get stored in your subconscious mind and the subconscious mind isn't just up here in your brain it's it's down throughout your whole body because the subconscious mind is in charge of the involuntary systems of your body, like your heart beating and your breathing and your circulation and your hormones and your lymphatic system. So what's going on in the subconscious mind directly affects your body. So back to how we get programmed, our caretakers, our parents, people that we want to please have such an enormous influence to our subconscious mind because that we're just absorbing this stuff. And it's our, our subconscious mind is also our survival brain. So as children, we intuitively know that we need to please our parents in order to survive. Um, the other thing I wanna say here is, you know, when we're talking about our parents and the way that it becomes programmed, we need to remember it's not their fault either. You know, everyone's doing the best that they can with what they know. These beliefs and these emotions and these thoughts just get inherited and then recycled and then they run on autopilot until someone questions it and begins the process of changing that trajectory. So I hope that this explanation is really helping you understand what's going on under the surface of the water, so to speak, and understand yourself more fully. Another way to really understand that war between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind is to think of it like a rider on top of an elephant. So you've probably seen those pictures from India or somewhere like that with an elephant with a rider on its back. So think of the subconscious mind, it's like the elephant, and the conscious mind is the rider. So let's say that the rider, your conscious mind, has a very intelligent reason that the elephant should carry him or her north, but for some unknown reason, the elephant wants to go south. So you can imagine who's going to win. Of course, the elephant's going to win. It's more powerful. So like the elephant, our primal brain, our subconscious mind is very, very powerful, but it's not very intelligent. The conscious mind, however, is very intelligent just like you've probably noticed as you're thinking thoughts say, about your health and your diet and what you should do it's you it's very logical it's very rational it makes lots of sense but unfortunately the conscious mind as even though it's intelligent it's not very powerful since it's only about 5% of the capacity for change so the subconscious mind will run the show and win every time until you learn how to work with it, how to understand it, and how to heal it. And maybe you know exactly what to do in order to lose the weight or to heal or just to feel better overall, but no matter how good your intentions are, something just keeps sabotaging your efforts. And that's why it can feel so hard to change, because these early experiences create these emotions, and these emotions get stored in the cells of our bodies It's creating that stress energy or that anxiety or that anger. And then the mind gets addicted to these toxic thoughts and emotions, just like the body gets addicted to toxic foods. And over time, these emotions and thoughts and experiences create a lens with which you see yourself. And I call that lens your identity. It's the conglomeration of thoughts and emotions and beliefs and experiences all put together, creating that lens, that way of seeing you based on all these things that have happened in the past. But what if that lens with which you're seeing yourself is based on this default programming? So essentially, if you see yourself as that person who is overweight, or doesn't love exercise, or isn't an athlete, or just isn't that healthy person, you know, you're going to find yourself creating evidence or proof that it's true. And remember, all this is subconscious. This is not something we consciously are aware of until we bring it to the conscious mind. And I'm going to show you how to do that. But first, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of examples in my own life so that I can illustrate this better. So one of the identities that I worked on within myself was the identity of being a fast eater. I just saw myself as like a fast eater. And then one day I kind of turned around and thought, I wonder if that's actually like true or if that's programmed in, right? So no matter how much I agreed with the science that said, you know, slow down, eat mindfully, put your fork down between bites it's better for your digestion your assimilation for weight loss i just couldn't do it i would just find myself scarfing down my food and wondering what just happened so when i started working on it i remembered a time in my life when i was about 12 or 13 years old and my family was friends with another family who had two guys that were a little bit older than me and we'd all hang out together and me being this little junior high gal and, you know, wanting to get their attention. I remember watching them eat dinner one time and they were just like scarfing down their food. And my little subconscious mind attached itself to, to that like way of eating in a, in a way of being like, if I make myself like them, then maybe they'll like me. And so it was just this little like wanting to connect, wanting to be like them. And this is all going on subconsciously. And so it's, it's fascinating how quickly the subconscious mind can adopt a way of being without our conscious mind's permission. So it's only when I started doing that, that inner work that I impact the source of that identity and really cleared the issue. I noticed lots of changes just happen really naturally whenever I worked on it and brought that subconscious to the conscious. So, another one that was kind of fun was um I when I was younger, I took on the identity of someone who isn't an exercise person and uh, when I was about eight, my dad decided that we we're going to have a family aerobics class so since there are two sets of twins in my family and we're fifteen months apart, so there's four of us who all about the same age, it's pretty easy to have a good sized exercise class together. So here we are, we're in our living room and, you know, my dad's leading this aerobics class and we're doing our jumping jacks and we're doing our arm circles and our stretching and, you know, we're following along with this tape and... Those of you who are millennials may not even know what a tape is, but I remember looking over at my older sisters who, they're they're really highly motivated people, you know, maybe a little bit competitive at that time, and they were working hard, and they were sweating hard, and they were focusing, and and they slid into their like perfect splits, and my little mind thought, I'll never be able to do that. Maybe I'm just not an exercise person. So, from that point on, I decided that I wasn't an exercise person. I was uncompetitive, that it just wasn't my thing. And, you know, it really changed the trajectory of my life because even when I started dancing at the age of 16, I did decide to work hard. But I always had this dread and this heaviness weighing over me that I didn't quite understand. I I did push myself, but I felt blocked at the same time, because at that early age, I had unconsciously adopted the identity, I'm not an exercise person. So those of you who know me now know that I'm a yoga instructor, and I absolutely love taking and teaching those classes, and I play soccer, and I love running when I used to despise it. So, you know, I actually go a couple of days without yoga or soccer or a form of exercise and it can can really potentially turn me into a crank. So people know that exercise now is so fun and enjoyable and important to me and it's so opposite of how I used to feel. So I say all this only to encourage you that change is possible. When we question the identities that we've always accepted as just the way we are, quote unquote, and we unpack them a little bit, we discover that many of them are old programs from the past and that change can happen without willpowering our way through it or negative motivation or shame or guilt or striving. So at this point, you might be wondering, how does how I feel and how I think make any difference in my body? So let me just explain this. So when we have a thought, like my thought, I'm not an exercise person, that thought creates a chemical. And if it's a positive thought, it's going to create good chemicals that start in the limbic system, travel down the central spinal column, and move into every cell of my body. If I have a negative thought, and um, that negative thought, it, it basically sends a trigger, a signal to the limbic system, which is the emotional center of your brain. And it creates cortisol and adrenaline, those stress chemicals that we feel whenever we're stressed. You've probably noticed that. Um, You're driving, you know, on the road, someone cuts you off in traffic and you suddenly feel the, the sort of stress chemical or the anger rising, okay? So limbic system just flipped the switch that said, turn the stress on. So that thought creates an emotion. It travels into your nervous system and that chemical spreads to every part of your body. So sometimes we don't have thoughts that create these identities. We have emotions that create the identities. So emotions or beliefs from maybe a traumatic experience. And the limbic system picks up on all that emotional energy. And it basically creates this thinking, feeling loop. And you might have noticed that. You think something and it creates stress in your body. And then that stress creates more thinking and it creates this like analyzing of the thinking and feeling and, and it kind of goes on like a hamster wheel and we can't seem to get off of that. And that hamster wheel of, of essentially stress that's moving into your body constantly, it's actual chemical that's changing your hormones and if, and it's changing whether or not your body like feels safe to be, to be slender or, it, it really can block your ability to experience health. So it would make sense then that um, we would want to work with the limbic system, which is that emotional center of the brain that makes the decision whether to turn on or off those stress chemicals. So that's why I love... EFT tapping, which is, um, it stands for emotional freedom technique, and it's a simple yet powerful tool to work with that emotional center of your brain to help communicate with the subconscious mind, to turn off the stress chemicals, and to really help you feel safe inside your body, to feel peaceful inside your body. Okay, so what to do now my heart for you is to take you beyond just the cognitive knowledge and take you into the actual experience of what it feels like to remove some of these blocks to your health goals. So I've created an audio. This is audio two that uh, you can access. It's about 15 minutes long, and it's an EFT tapping exercise that I use with my private clients and I used with myself in order to work through some of these blockages. So if you don't know EFT tapping yet, check out the video series that's in that email. There's a link in there. You can learn the EFT tapping philosophy. You can learn the points. And then you can come back to that audio too and really move through that experience. So I encourage you, don't stop at just knowledge. Really move into the experience. Check it out. And I'll speak to you again soon.